Oh yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another sterling rendition of the House Money Sports Podcast. I'm Wolfman J, flying solo today from the KKTY Studios. I'm sitting in for Randy, the Dollar Dance Man himself. The man known in very, very, very few circles as the Sharkhead. And the man behind the ones and twos, Grizzly D. Uh, we had some technical difficulties last night, unfortunately. Uh, big storm rolled through and apparently it knocked some shit down and we weren't able to do anything. So, um, then again, uh, it might not have had anything to do with the storm and we just fucked it up. Uh, that's a very good possibility too. But either way, I'm putting the team on my back. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do um, to get it done. And I think a very good comp for me right now in the sports world is like LeBron. Like, I think it's I think you know it's like LeBron, and then there's me. Like one A, one B right now as far as the entire sports world. And I think you know I think that's pretty accurate. Um. Lot to talk about today. Those two will be back for the next show, though, so make sure you don't miss that. Um, lot to talk about today, though. Lot to go over. There's a lot of shit going on in baseball, a lot of shit going on in Major League Baseball, but I'm more excited about the College World Series right now. We broke down the field on the last show, and I'm going to update you on everything. It started Saturday. I'm going to update you from Saturday until this very second um, on what's going on and what has happened in the College World Series. Some teams have been eliminated. You haven't watched any of it, but don't worry. Um, I We got you covered. I'm going to bring you everything you need to know about the College World Series right here. So come here for your College World Series updates. We got you. Um, let's see what else is going on. We got the NBA draft is tomorrow, Thursday, June 21st. Uh, loaded freaking draft. Some big names all the way through, basically. I mean, when you have guys like Grayson Allen and Jalen Brunson, high-profile guys like that, uh, projected to go late first round, early second round, you know it's a it's a namesy draft. It's a loaded draft. So I got some names. I got some teams. I got where they should go, where I hope they go, where they might go. I got all that stuff. I'm going to give you everything you need to know about the draft in 10 to 15 minutes or less or more. Um I don't know. It's going to be one or the other, but either way, I got you there. Um, what else is going on? The World Cup. That's a big deal, uh, apparently. Um, some places it's a bigger deal than others, uh, but um, it's going on right now. Uh, it's like the world championship of world championship of world championships of soccer. No, I won't call it football. Uh, there's only one football in my world, but uh, it's a pretty big deal, especially over there. They have riots in the stands and shit, so... Um, yeah, it gets, it gets serious over there, but I think the biggest winner in the world cup, no matter what happens is Alex Ovechkin because he gets to go Stanley cup bender and right into, he gets to segue right into world cup bender. Um, it's in his native Russia. So he's on an all timer right now. So, uh, we can all aspire to have an Alex O-esque bender. Uh, at some point in our lives, what he is doing right now. Um, I'm going to bring you a winner, and I'm going to bring you a dark horse. So make sure you got your uh, pens and pencils handy because you're going to want to bring up your gambling app and you're going to want to get those bets in um, as soon as you can because the odds are going to go down by the second. So uh, I'm going to tell you what you need to do there. Um, and then finally, the Madden ratings came out. Everybody's favorite. Uh, you're going to be surprised at who Madden has as the best Bears player. Um, I was surprised. So think about who you think it might be. And I'll tell you who it was at the end of the show. And don't cheat because uh, you're going to be surprised there. And... Also, if the Madden ratings are any indication, uh, the Bears don't have a lot of um, expectations this year. So um, that's not a good sign for them. But I think my guy Roquan Smith 
is going to uh, has some things to say about that. There's also some very interesting ratings as well across the board, so I'm going to bring you some of those. I'm going to bring you some football tidbits as far as minicamp. I'm pretty sure it just got over. Then again, it might still be going on. I don't know. But uh, there's some interesting things coming out of those things, uh, some quarterbacks that are throwing footballs. Uh, there's some other quarterbacks that aren't doing so well at throwing footballs, so I'm going to bring you a couple of those names. Um, uh, they're gearing up for training camp next month either way, so football is almost back. It's right around the corner, so I'm looking forward to all of that, but I'm going to take a break, and I am going to come back, and uh, we're going to get right into it. So this show is brought to you by the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, apparently. So, um, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, and I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the House Money Sports Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Wolfman Jay, and we're going to bring you some NBA draft analysis like only we can. Everything that you really, really need to know about the NBA draft. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is what I feel like is going to happen to these guys. Very, very loaded draft. The draft is tomorrow. There's a lot of trades to sort out, mainly Kawhi Leonard, where he's going to go. That could really shift and shape the draft differently than how it's set up right now, so that could change a lot of things. Now, Kawhi Leonard's been attached to every team and every player in the NBA, so it's really hard to tell what's going to happen there. The only thing I care about is if he goes to a team and they build a super team that's good enough to beat Golden State. That's the only thing that I'm worried about with the Kawhi Leonard saga. Everything else, I don't really give a shit. The one trade that I'm really, that I, the only trade that I really care about is Lonzo Ball going to Cleveland. I hope that happens because I'm going to see LeVar Ball lose his shit. Um, He would be, that would be entertaining. That would probably be the best story of the NBA offseason. So, all right, let's get into the NBA draft. I'm just going to fucking wing this thing and I'm going to tell you exactly what I think uh, about some of the top players. And uh, I'm going to bring you some sleepers. I'm going to give you some guys in the second round that I think could develop into potentially uh, good NBA players. They were high-profile guys in college. And this is a really deep draft all the way to the end. So, um, first of all, the number, the consensus number one pick is DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he's going to have to take a pay cut to go to the Suns. Then he, uh, he's going to make less money than he did probably at the University of Arizona. But that's okay because he'll be on a bigger stage and he'll be able to get endorsements and stuff like that. So, uh, DeAndre Ayton, the draft experts say that he is the best big man prospect they've seen come to college in the last 25 years. So, obviously, he's the hype machine guy. We see one of these about every five to ten years. The big man who uh, is the next great thing. Um, he's praying that he doesn't get traded to San Antonio. The number one pick has been attached to Kawhi Leonard. So they're talking about trading Kawhi Leonard for the number one pick. He doesn't want to go to San Antonio. There's nothing to do in San Antonio. And if he stays in Phoenix, he can build around a great young nucleus with, uh, Devin Booker and, um, Josh Jackson. And if in three years, if DeAndre Ayton can develop into, into, uh, the guy that either he's supposed to, or, or right around that, they could compete for the playoffs and possibly even championships. If they keep that young nucleus intact and they all develop together. Now, personally, I hope that he stays in Phoenix and doesn't go to San Antonio <clears throat> because I want to see what happens when Greg Popovich doesn't have a generational talented player to build around and he doesn't have a Hall of Famer and three Hall of Famers and all-stars and loaded roster and uh, because I want to see that franchise turn into a pile of shit because he's an asshole. Um, he might have some good political views off the court and whatever, but on the court, uh, he's a dick and treats people like shit. So, um, Hopefully DeAndre Ayton stays in Phoenix and he doesn't go to San Antonio. And it's going to be interesting to see how that team develops. That's going to be a great young team and a team to keep your eye on. So house money sports team to keep your eye on, the Phoenix Suns with DeAndre Ayton. The next guy I want to talk about uh, is the token European white guy that's always at the top of every draft board, it seems like, um, for the past 15 years. Uh, Luka Doncic is the guy this year. Uh, Ironically, he's from soccer hotbed Real Madrid. And 
Uh, because, you know, that's that's relevant because the World Cup's going on right now. Segway. Stay tuned for that later. Um, he is the, the token European big white guy that can do it all. He can shoot. He's probably, he's 6'10 and up, I, I think. Um, and he's the dude that he probably won't live up to the hype and he'll potentially be out of the league in three years because he can't take the grind to the NBA. And he's too soft and he'll get bullied by guys like Zach Randolph who have been playing for 15 years and they're 40 years old and they have 30 pounds on him and they, they, and they just nudge him out of the way. So um, that's my take on, on Luka Doncic. But going into it, he could do it all. He could shoot. He could take you off the dribble. He could score down low. So, you know, he's the flavor, the European flavor of the year is Luka Doncic. Uh, he's projected to go in the top three picks. Uh, Atlanta is big on him, so we'll see what happens there. Then you got your token Duke top ten prospects, Marvin Bagley III and Wonder Carter Jr. Marvin Bagley III is the, is, is, is the hype guy. He's the high-profile dude out of that program. He's got a nice little inside-outside game. It reminds me a lot of Justin Winslow. Uh, I don't like lefties in the NBA. Uh, their game just doesn't translate. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that I, I don't think that he's going to be a superstar. Uh, he's just that Duke guy that has the hype, and he's he's going to be a rotation guy. He's going to be a contributor, but he's never going to be like the guy. He's never going to be the best player on a great team. So, uh, that's my take on him. Wendell Carter Jr. is the perfect, the perfect Duke big guy who didn't play as good as he should have as a freshman, but is going to get drafted on potential. And those guys, they never pan out to be great players in the NBA. And that's Wendell Carter Jr. to me. My take on that if you're going to draft a big guy in the top 10 if you're going to draft a, a a real big like a legitimate big man low post guy mo bamba would be your guy i would pick him ahead of wendell carter jr he's actually projected ahead of wendell carter jr and he should be if you have a favorite team picking five to ten and mo bamba still on the board you're going to want him um, over anybody that's available he dominated uh the ncaa tournament uh, when I watched him, I actually was I had actually had a team that he was playing against, and he almost beat them single handedly. And it was a higher seed, and uh, yeah, I was puckered, and it was all because of Mo Bamba. I love his potential. Um, he is probably my favorite pick out of the top ten. So if you get him, especially five to ten or la- five five or later, uh, that's that's a very good value pick, Mo Bamba right there. He he's a, a difference maker right away. The next dude I want to talk about, Michael Porter Jr., he's a flop. He went to Missouri. Fuck Missouri anyway. Uh, their fans are assholes. Wow. Twitter, they're insane. Uh, there's not that many of them, but the ones that are on there are fucking crazy. Michael Porter Jr. is going to flop on his ass. Uh, he sat out all last year. He went to Missouri because his dad, because they hired his dad. So him and his brother went there. Uh, he was the consensus number one pick going into the season. Like, he was the he was the highest rated um, you know, in all the mock drafts preseason, he was number one. He got hurt. He hurt his back. And anytime a 6'10 dude has back problems, that's not good. I would stay away from this dude. He tried to come back at the end of the ACC tournament. Or he tried to come back at the end of the season for the for the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. And uh, to save a little face and to show the teams that he was getting healthy. And uh, all he did was play like shit. And then he went to the to his workouts and he got hurt. His pre-draft workouts. He couldn't even do it because he was hurt. So injury concerns there. Um, he's not going to be able to take the grind of an 82-game season. He's a flop. Stay away from him. Uh, the two guys... The two best guards in the draft, Colin Sexton and Trey Young, or at least the two highly highest rated guards in the draft. It's going to be interesting to see, to watch them, how they progress in terms of each other. Personally, we're talking about Trey Young. He was Mr. ESPN all year. He had some huge games in college. He didn't have anybody else on his team. I think you saw when defenses shifted to him and they adjusted and focused their entire defense to try to stop him because they didn't have any other weapons. I think that made a difference with him. Um, but he has unlimited range. He's got good handles. He can get to the basket. He's frail. He doesn't play above the rim. He doesn't have great NBA size. He can he can fill out, and uh, he will. But but right now he doesn't have the great NBA size. 
When does he get picked? I think the Cavs pick there is interesting. I think he would the best place for him to go would be the Cavs if LeBron is there because that's going to take some of the pressure off of him. He'll be able to play off of the ball a lot and he'll be able to ease his way into uh, his role, whatever that's going to be at the next level. I personally don't think that he's going to be a superstar. Uh, that's just me. If he gets drafted by the Knicks, the table is set for him to be an absolute megastar. Um, he'll be playing in a huge market. He's got, he's already has the name. He's already got the profile. So if he gets picked by the Knicks and he is, and he does live up to the hype, um, he's going to be huge. Uh, he's going to be huge. That name is going to be, he's going to be a household name. So we'll see what happens there. I'm sure he wants to go to the Knicks. So, uh, he'll be all everything if he turns out to be good there. But personally, I, I, Steph Curry is the comp with him. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Steph Curry. He was a great scorer in college. Uh, he had some bad games towards the end of his, uh, uh, towards the end of his season. Uh, and as his, as his game slowed down, uh, his team started losing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But personally, I don't think he is going to be, uh, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be a rotation guy. Might be a starter. I don't think he's going to be a superstar. My personal opinion. But it'll be interesting to see. He definitely has a lot of offensive talent. Um, and he's got to play some defense too. So be interesting to see how his game translates to the next level. The other dude, the other guard uh, is Colin Sexton. Those two have been, he's, he's from Alabama. You know, those two have been flip-flopping as far as who's going to go first and who's going who's gonna to be the first guard taken out of those two and who's going to be the next one. Colin Sexton, I love his game. He's one of those dudes that can break you down off the dribble at the drop of a hat. He's more athletic than Trey Young. He can get to the rim. Uh, he has tons of game. I don't like guards that can't shoot at the next level, so he's going to have to develop some sort of a three-point shot. But I think if he can do that, he will uh, have a chance to be a great player at the next level. Like He's kind of fits in the mold of a um, Jamal Murray type. Um, with maybe a little bit more athleticism, even uh, great handles. Uh, like I said, though, he's gonna have to develop into a sh- he's gonna have to develop a shot, but um, a lot of potential with that guy. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, he has been linked uh, to the Cavs, um, so um, the, it, it's interesting too because the Cavs don't know what they need because LeBron hasn't given them any kind of any kind of uh, decision or any kind of even hint about what he's going to do. So the Cavs are just going to go have to draft a player um, on the assumption that LeBron's not going to be there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. My favorite pick in this draft, in the entire first round, maybe possibly the entire draft, maybe other than Mo Bamba, my sleeper is Miles Bridges. Uh, from Michigan State. He's shit all over Illinois. He plays way above the rim. He's got an NBA body already. He's got great basketball IQ. He's like a Zach Randolph, Manu Ginobili hybrid. Uh, I think the only thing is, is he's reached, like, you know what you're going to get from his ceiling. The potential, you know, like, other guys, you're going to draft them. Their ceiling might be a little higher. I think Miles Bridges, you know what he's going to be. But I really feel like he is going to be, he's going to contribute right away. And, uh, he's going to be a scorer in the NBA. So, Miles Bridges is a guy that I would definitely keep my eye on. Then we get into kind of like the the white section of the NBA draft. Kevin Hyder from Maryland. I just want to point this dude out because he's about 100 pounds. He played at Maryland. He did hit, he, he can shoot the threes. He's a tall dude. I had no clue that he was even in the draft or that he was going to get drafted. <laughs> like, um... And he is projected to go, like, in the top 20, which is kind of crazy to me. And I didn't even think he was, like, the one, two, or third option for Maryland. So that's one of those dudes that's drafted based on potential. And they're drafting him, like, four picks below Miles Bridges, which is crazy to me. Um, But, you know, I guess you can't have too many shooters in the NBA, especially right now. But um, it didn't seem like he could put it on the floor. But um, we'll see what happens there. The next dude, the great wide hope, Don Dave Vincenzo, he's moving up the draft board by the day. Um, had a great NCAA tournament. He's one of those dudes that made a name for himself in the tournament. Kind of got into the spotlight there. Kind of came out of nowhere. But 
He's the prototypical dude that played on a great team that sacrificed a lot of his stats and, and a lot of his game for the team. And um, so, uh, but you saw in the tournament when he got the opportunity, he plays above the rim, he's got great athleticism, and he's got a great head of red hair. So, um, you never know what you're going to get. He can make it, he can, he can find his way into the league, and he could be kind of like a Matt Bonner type that can knock down shots with, with a lot more athleticism than Matt Bonner. So, Dante DiVincenzo, I'm going to put the over under of him. Uh, I think he's going to get picked in the teens. I think his legend is growing enough to where somebody's going to take a chance on that guy. Um, and what's amazing to me, like if you would have told somebody before the season started that Dante DiVincenzo was going to get picked ahead of Grayson Allen, uh, people would have said you were crazy. They would have asked what you were smoking. Um, but right now, Dante DiVincenzo is picked is projected to go way ahead of Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen, he is projected to go 26 and later. Uh, the dude from Duke, the guy that loves to trip everybody, he played on some great teams in college. He had loaded studs all around him every step of the way. I personally don't think his game is going to translate to the NBA. I don't think he has a quick enough first step. He's got decent, decent athleticism uh, for a guard. He's got pretty good handle. If he could play the point, that's going to help him at the next level. But I don't think he's got... Um, the quickness to necessarily play the point guard position in the NBA uh, and his athleticism will get negated in the NBA because everybody's going to be as athletic as him. Um, if he goes to a situation where he's – I've seen where the Warriors uh, are projected to get him. If you let him get out and run the floor, which I think he could do in Golden State and there wouldn't be as much pressure on him to maybe handle the ball. He could just he could play off the ball and he could he can you know run the floor and, and get some get some easy buckets. That might be a good situation for him, but I, I don't see him being. I think um, the uh, Nick Stauskas. It reminds me a lot of Nick Stauskas. He was the 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 dude from Michigan and. He was, he was a knockdown three-point shooter, had good athleticism, and I think Grayson Allen kind of fits in the mold of that guy. Um, so I don't look for a lot, of, a lot from Grayson Allen at the next level, but he's definitely going to get picked, and it's, people are going to definitely follow what he does because of what he did at Duke. Um, next dude I have, Jalen Brunson. Uh, he's another late projected first round, early second round pick. He needs to go to the right situation. If he goes to the right situation, he could be, uh, he could carve out a nice little career for himself in the NBA. He's not overly athletic. He doesn't play above the rim, but he's got very good basketball IQ and he's a winner. Um, so if you surround him with good, with good, with, 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 if you put him on a great team, he could be a, a rotational guy coming off the bench, maybe the backup point guard, um, and he can give you some solid minutes. He's probably, you know, he's not going to hurt you. He's going to play good defense. He's going to make the right play. He's the perfect guy for that. If he goes to Golden State, that could be a good fit for him too, but I think he needs to go to a good team in a good situation. Uh, if he goes somewhere where he's going to be expected to, 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 to make plays and, and to be uh, an impact player like he was in college, I don't think that's the best fit for him. But Jalen Brunson... Can, can have a nice little career uh, in the NBA if he goes to the right situation. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why he is like the perfect San Antonio Spur for me. I know they're not a great team right now, not a lot of great players, but, he, but sitting behind guys like Tony Parker, that would be a good situation for him too. For whatever reason, I think he's a perfect Spur. He's like the, the head down, play hard, rugged type of scrappy dude, which is exactly what he's going to have to be at the next level. I could see him being a San Antonio Spur. The next dude I have, Mo Wagner. He's, uh, he's got the size and he's got, you know, all the offensive tools. That could be a steal at the end of the draft if, if he can develop into, uh, I think he was a bit overrated in college. Uh, he'll need to add some weight. He could contribute someday, but if he if he lives up to his potential, it's kind of inside and outside. He could be a steal late in the draft, but he's one of those guys. It's really hard to it's really hard to project. I'm gonna say that he is. I, I'm gonna say that he is gonna be a bench guy for most of his career, and I don't think he's gonna be make that much of a difference maker. Probably like a Sam Decker type of player. Um, 
maybe not even that. I think Sam Decker's a little bit more athletic, a little bit more bouncy, a little, little more fluid. Um, but Wagner can go inside and outside, so it'll be interesting to see there. So those are guys that I think are going to probably go in the first round. Those are all first-round picks. Those are the big names that are going to go in the first round. These are all second-round dudes that people have heard of that, that if they get picked into the right situation, they should be okay. And honestly, personally, for me, the second round, for me, is more fun than the first round. That's just the kind of sick guy that I am. Um, Javon Carter, the bald dude from West Virginia, he's a gamer. He's going to be undersized in the NBA, but I think he'll stick. He's scrappy enough. He can handle the ball, knock down shots. He's got to go to a good fit like Jalen Brunson. Uh... Not a team that's a jumbled mess. Um, if he does go to a team with a jumbled mess, though, that could work out because he could get some playing time early and establish himself and carve out a nice little niche. But I think that he is scrappy enough and he's a gamer. Um, he's one of those dudes that plays hard every single possession. The Western Virginia, uh, sorry, the West Virginia, um, the system that they have uh, requires you to play hard and um, up and down the floor. So I think that he's got a chance to make a roster and stick. So we'll see what happens there. The next dude, Landry Shamit, Wichita State. Uh, he is the last star of their great run. We're going to see uh, some definite regression from Wichita State after uh, now that he leaves. Um, and they're losing a bunch of their, bunch of their players um, that came in after the initial run that they had with Fred Van Fleet and Ryan Baker and all those guys. But uh, he was a lottery pick at one point. I think if he would have came out uh, last year, he, he would have went way higher in the draft. Right now, he projects in the second round. Uh, he played his way out of the first round, but it's still good value late in the draft. He's got a Trey Young build. He's probably not as skilled offensively, but has that game. Uh, he can handle the ball. He's 6'5", and they don't grow on trees. Uh, actually, I think they do grow on trees now because point guards are, like, getting taller. Um, and I, I think a good fit for him would be the Lakers at 47. He could potentially be Lonzo Ball's replacement. Um, uh, he can um, – I think he fits into that team pretty well. Uh, if Lonzo Ball – you know, if Lonzo Ball – can can uh, be a contributor in that on that team. I, I don't like Lonzo Ball's game at all. And and actually Landry Shamit probably shoots a little better. So maybe the Lakers are at 47, but who knows? I think that's a value pick late in the draft. Um, the Kansas guys, the Kansas backcourt, Devontae Graham and Malik Newman, they're pretty much the same guy. Newman is probably a little better shooter. Graham probably has the better handles. Both guys are in the Frank Mason Jr. mold. Uh, Frank Mason Jr. got some big minutes in Sacramento. I know they're terrible, but um, he got big minutes there. So those guys, those two guys could, could be rotation pieces as well. Um, I think the Thunder would be a good place for them, and they have a pick late. Uh, they could both back up Westbrook. There wouldn't be any pressure to play, and they can sit and learn and develop uh, behind, you know, an all-star type of guard. So um, I like Devontae Graham better. I know Malik Newman probably had bigger games, uh, but Devontae Graham, I like the guys that can that can handle the ball. He's got the ball on a string. He's probably the best ball handler that I saw in college last year. He can get he can break down his defender at will. Um, so. Uh, I think he's going to translate a little bit to the next level, like Frank Mason Jr., and he's going to get some minutes off the bench. Tony Carter, uh, the dude from Penn State, he's shit all over Illinois, too. Uh, he's a big, big lead guard. He can handle the ball. He has NBA size already. Uh, not a great shooter, but he can knock down some threes. He beat Ohio State at the buzzer this year in Columbus on a three. If he is not a New Orleans Pelican, nothing makes sense in the world. He looks like... He, he's, he looks like a New Orleans Pelican before anybody else in the draft looks like any other team. He looks like he was tailor-made to be on that team for some reason. I can see him in New Orleans. We'll see what happens. Giannis's brother, Antetokounmpo, is in the draft. He's rejected late-round pick, so keep your eye on that one. That could be a huge steal if he can develop even half of what his brother is. Um, but he didn't do much his freshman year at Dayton, so uh, but he'll get drafted on potential alone. And his brother's name alone. So he's going to have an opportunity to make a name for himself in the NBA. So there is my draft analysis. There's uh, some top 10 guys in there. I gave you some. I gave you my sleeper, Miles Bridges. I gave you my 
end of the first round, you know, kind of Tonying up guys. Grayson Allen, Jalen Brunson, Mo Wagner, and then my second round dudes, Javon Carter, Landry Shamit, uh, the Kansas guys, Tony Carter from Penn State, and then Giannis's brother. Um, you know, Shake Milton from uh, SMU, he's projected into the second round. I think that's going to be, I think that could be, um, I think that could potentially be a value pick for somebody that, that's picking late. But this draft is loaded um, from top. To bottom. I don't remember a draft being this loaded personally for a long time. Um, you know, there there's some some other names in there, but like Justin Jackson from Maryland, Big Ten dude. He uh, he could be a steal. And what's funny is uh, I still can't believe that that Hyder dude from Maryland is gonna get picked in the first round. So. Um, be interesting to see where these guys go. Doncic is looking more and more like he's going to get picked third with the Hawks. And Bagley's going to go second. Uh, Mikel Bridges from Villanova is up in there too. You know, you can't overlook him. Those great players from Villanova. Um, so, yeah. So, there is your NBA draft analysis. Um, we're going to find out what happens tomorrow. There it is. Stick around. We will be right back. I am going to update you on the College World Series. We're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk some College World Series. Stay there. Um, we'll be right back. Real quick before I get off of this, one name to keep, in my, uh, to keep an eye on is Kevin Knox. That dude has huge upside, and I think he's going. he could be another steal along with uh, Miles Bridges for teams that pass on him. We'll be right back with some baseball. Stay tuned. House Money Sports Podcast. We are going to tra uh, transition right now. Uh, it's a baseball, and I want to touch on the MLB just for a second. Um, not really a lot here. I, I want to talk about one thing I do want to talk about is the Cubs and the best defensive left fielder in the game. Kyle Schwarber with sole possession of first place on the line and my 12 team parlay on the line. Uh, had a pretty good choke job in game one, uh, blowing a save Justin Wilson with two outs in the top of the ninth to lose that one four to three. Obviously, Moreau, Moreau wasn't available. Uh, but they did redeem themselves in game two of that series. Today is the rubber match in Chicago uh, between the Cubs and the Dodgers, so it'll be interesting to see who wins that series. Uh, Stripling and Lester take the bump there. Brewers and the Pirates, that's another interesting series. The rubber match today, the Pirates are battling 500. They're trying to stay above the, the uh, 500 mark. You know, and the Brewers are trying to establish themselves as one of the premier teams in baseball in a tough divisional road series. So that will be interesting to see if 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 they can win two out of three in Pittsburgh. That's always a tough place to win. That's always a tough place to play, especially within the division. So um, if they can do that, they're they're reaffirming themselves as one of the premier teams, um, not just in the National League but in all of baseball. Um, it's just it's those little series like this where if you can win those, those go a long way in solidifying yourself as a team. So, or as a good team. On this, at the same time, the Pirates they're going to want to try to convince themselves that they are that they can get back into it, um, and they don't want to fall too much farther behind. They're hovering right around 500. So, big game today. For them, the Cardinals and the Phillies, same thing. The Cardinals are about to decide if they're going to be contenders or pr pretenders, and the Phillies are trying to keep pace with the Braves and the Nats. Those two teams don't look like they're slowing down um, at all. And, and as a matter of fact, I think the Braves are the best team in that division right now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But the Phillies, uh, they got their work cut out for them, and they want to keep pace. Rubber match today in that series. Cardinals had a come-from-behind win yesterday. Matt Carpenter went deep, so the Cardinals, 
they're going to want to win that game to get some momentum going into the series this weekend. I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, a good series, the other good series that's going on that's going to be decided today, the rubber match today, the D-backs at the Los Angeles Angels. That's a good interleague action. Two good teams there that are looking to make some noise, make playoff run. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. This weekend series is, there's some really good ones. You're going to have the, the Cards and the Brewers. I talked about that for a little bit. The Cardinals, this is a huge swing series for them. I think with the loss today and a Brewers win, they could be six games out of first place going into this series. So they could potentially be close to double digits out with if they don't go to Milwaukee and get it done. Um, at the same time, if they go there and have a good series and take two or three, they could pick up a game. Or if they sweep the Brewers, which has got to be their mindset, they can get right back in uh, to the division race. So that's a huge swing series there. The Brewers... That's another series where they can solidify and establish themselves and give themselves confidence that they are one of the better teams in all baseball. Um, keep your eye on that one. The Mariners and the Yankees. Big series for the Mariners. Um, they've played some really good teams lately, and they have held their own. But going to Yankee Stadium, the Yankees have solidified themselves as one of the best teams in the game. They have Their lineup is good. They're stacked. Gleyber Torres has everything he was supposed to be and then some. It hurts me to say that. Obviously, you could probably feel the pain in my voice But um, as a Cub fan. Uh, but So that's a good big series there. It'll be interesting to see the Mariners, um, you know, they're trying to – trying to make some way and be one of the best teams in the American League. So that's a big series there. If they can go and take two or three from the Yankees, that makes a statement. Um, you know, so if they can win that series, that would be big for them. Uh, and then the Phillies and Nats, another huge series for the Phillies. Again, they're trying to keep pace in that division. Uh, the Nats are trying to keep pace with the Braves. So um, that's one of those swing series is where if it gets ugly for the Phillies, they can go really far back. Or if they can, you know, make some noise against the Nats, they can get right back into it. Maybe even maybe even to, uh, overtake them and 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 uh, set their sights on on catching the Braves. So big series there. Um, you know, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Series to keep your eye on. So. Um, that's pretty much all I have for, for Major League Baseball. Johnny Metrics man graph stat of the week. I'm going to talk to you about Albert Almora Jr. Horrible time to talk about this, too, because he had the, the walk-off uh, base hit in, uh, in game two of the doubleheader last night. But look for some bat pip. Look for some a little bit of some regression from him, a little bit of some regression from him. Uh, he's, got, he's only got three homers, three stolen bases on the year. The key, key here is his bat pip is 387. His line drive percentage is way up, so if any of those take a tumble, he is going to come down. Uh, but right now, I don't really even want to talk about that too much because he is hitting the cover off the ball, uh, and he is getting it done. He doesn't even play every day, so maybe that's why he doesn't play every day, and they're picking and choosing their spots, and they're doing a really good job because he everything he's hitting, putting in play is finding a hole. Uh, bad pip is batting average for balls that have been put in play that takes out strikeouts and um, and stuff like that. So every time he hits a fair ball, it's dropping in at a 387 clip, which is really good. A couple other guys on that list, Scooter Jeanette, look for some regression from him. Uh, Manny Machado um, makes that list. So look for some regression from those guys. Debbie Downer, out of the way. Let's get in to the interesting thing here. The College World Series. This is um, probably my favorite uh, topic of the show. And uh, we broke down everything for you. And we broke down, there's eight teams, and we broke down all the teams and, and maybe some strengths and weaknesses, maybe some not some strengths and weaknesses. One strength that North Carolina has is that they cheat uh, to win. So North Carolina program, it cheats. And it cheats across the board. Um... Saturday, they beat our Oregon State Beavers 8-6. to six. Uh, Somehow they probably cheated uh, to, to win that. So North Carolina moved on to the winner's bracket. Oregon State immediately to the loser's bracket. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that the only pure thing to ever come out of uh, the University of North Carolina is Mitch Trubisky. 
Um, so, but yeah, with that, the Beavers were facing elimination yesterday. Sit tight because I'm going to tell you the result of what happened there. Um, also Saturday, the slipper still fits. To steal a quote from my guy Dennis Johnson, uh, Mississippi State beat uh, College World Series first-timer Washington 1-0 in a no-doubt very exciting college baseball game. Uh, metal bats combined for one, one, one run. So um, I'm sure the excitement was full throttle there Saturday in Oklahoma for that one, for the nightcap. Um, okay, so getting to Sunday action, Arkansas and our guy Blaine Knight... Uh, took his perfect record on the season into this game, and he hasn't he hadn't lost in 387 uh, days dating back to last season. He had not suffered a loss, and he still has not suffered a loss. Uh, Arkansas beat Texas 11 to five. Blaine Knight uh, let his nuts hang and said he was going to go right at Cody Clemens, who was on fire coming into the um, College World Series, and uh, he fanned him, fanned his ass first at bat. So. Blaine Knight got it done, still undefeated. Uh, everything is good there. Arkansas moves on. Texas Tech beat Florida in the nightcap. So uh, Texas Tech is stacked. They have like 11 first-round draft picks uh, in the first 30. Or I'm sorry, 11 draft picks in the first 30 rounds are the only team that's in the World Series, College World Series, to have that many draft picks that high. Uh, the Gators are defending champs, and they faced elimination yesterday. I'm gonna tell you how they fared in that one. So, in our first elimination game, Oregon State, the Beavers, our Beavers, our pick to click, uh, our pick to win the tournament, since uh, we rally behind anything Beaver, we'll jump on a Beaver bandwagon any chance we get. Uh, Oregon State, drum roll please, Oregon State beat Washington 11-5, to Future Sox MVP Nick Madrigal was three for six, scored two runs. Uh, so Washington in their inaugural College World Series was two and done. Quickie for them. Uh, first time in and first time out. Didn't last very long, but, you know, they popped their College World Series cherry. So congrats to them. And, uh, you know, here's the next year for them. Oregon State moves on uh, in, in the College World Series. Yesterday, I'm sorry, Monday, oh, this is the other elimination game. From Monday, Florida eliminated Texas 6-1. The defending champion Florida Gators are still alive. So Texas is going home. They become, they become the second team eliminated from the College World Series next to Washington. And... Um, Florida moves on. They're still alive, but they're in the loser's bracket. They're still facing elimination. So um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Mississippi State, going back to the winner's bracket, they beat the cheaters. UNC, uh, UNC, it looks like they should have cheated more. Mississippi State spanked them. The Cinderella story coming into the tournament. They beat them 12-2. Always good to see North Carolina lose at anything. So uh, that's good to go there. Uh, and then the game today that got rained out, Arkansas and Texas Tech will blame Knight pitch. He, if he pitches, they have a chance. I don't know. Is it like Little League where they just pitch the best pitcher, like 700 pitches, and burn him out? Who knows? Um, but there are your up-to-date College World Series winners and losers. And let's just take a quick live look at... What's going on? I just want to get the bracket, and I want to make sure. Uh, uh, updated bracket. I just want to make sure that we got all the info that we need, and we are good to go there because we are your number one source for uh, the College World Series. All right, so we want the updated bracket. Uh, start times, there's a big game today, I believe it actually starts at 11, and, or maybe, maybe not, maybe it's at 1, um, so.
So today, Wednesday, yep, 11 o'clock, Arkansas and Texas Tech are in a makeup game. And then Oregon State and North Carolina in uh, Oregon State's second elimination game. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I'll have, we will have those results. Um, we'll have those results later on. The winner will play Florida in the next elimination game. Mississippi State is the champion of the winner's bracket, it looks like. And they're, they're, they're waiting for... Uh, an opponent at this point. So uh, I believe they're waiting for either Texas Tech or Arkansas. So whoever wins that game has Mississippi State next. So there you go. There's your College World Series uh, results. Come back here. We'll tell you what happens. We got all you need to know about the College World Series winners and losers. We will be right back with the World Cup information and everything you need to know there. Stay tuned. House Money Sports, World Cup action. Let's get right into it. That might be my favorite lead-in music of all time right there. Um, so let's see what we got for the World Cup. Um, that was kind of some jumbled College World Series uh, stats, so hopefully you guys got all that. But the World Cup, uh, scores and results. This is not the real football. USA didn't make it, but there's a tons of fucking teams in this thing. There's 32 countries qualified. Who would have known? Um, biggest storyline though, uh, Alex O uh, goes straight from Stanley Cup to World Cup bender in his native Russia. Did he take the Stanley Cup with him? Is he ever going to give the Stanley Cup back? Who knows? I think that's where we're at at this point. So uh, hopefully we have an Alex Ovechkin update on the next show. So far, Russia is one of two teams that have played two matches. Everybody else has played one. Uh, and they're running the table in Group A. They beat Egypt 3-1. to one. They beat Saudi Arabia 5 to nothing. Uh, and I think they're well on their way to winning their group. What happens is there is 32 teams. Divide that. There's eight. So there's four teams per group. If you quick math, there's eight groups. And once they play a little round robin in their group, then they advance to, I believe, an elimination tournament. Like the winners of the groups advance. I think there's the top two teams from the groups go and they play in a 16-team elimination tournament. And that's how you find out your uh, World Cup winner. So, so far in Group A, Russia running the table. Uh, they have a big game against Uruguay. Uh, looks like that's going to be their main uh, competition in that one, um, in that group. So, uh, in Group B, uh, the winners, I'm just going to tell you who the winners are and the losers are in these groups. Iran won. Spain and Portugal tied. So, and that's another reason why soccer is a second football, because they're dumbass ties. Nobody wants to watch 90 minutes of people running up and down a field, kicking a ball, and then have it end in a tie. That's bullshit, if you ask me. Uh, group C, uh, France and Denmark won. They were the winners there. Uh, again, everybody else has only played one game except for Russia. I'm sorry, match. Um, so Group C, you got France and Denmark winning. Group D, Croatia won. Uh, Tony Kukoc probably loves that. Um, Iceland Hotbed for junior ice hockey. If you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so Iceland and Argentina tied at one, tied one apiece. So there's another dumbass tie. Um, Group E, Serbia won a thriller that was actually pretty exciting over Costa Rica, a country powered by inevitable gambling losses. Um, so Serbia won, won to nothing. They have their one up in Group E uh, because Brazil and the Swiss had a dumbass tie. And in Group F. Uh, Sweden and Mexico, they both won one to nothing. Uh, group G, Belgium, uh, apparently does more than make delicious waffles because they spanked Panama three to nothing. Uh, I feel like, like three to nothing, like, that is a blowout. Like, I feel like three to nothing in soccer is like a hundred to nothing in anything else. Like, if you lost three to nothing in soccer, you got your ass kicked. And Belgium, uh, they kicked Panama's ass. Uh, England also won in that group, so they are headed for a showdown. Belgium and England, 
England. Keep your eye on that in the group. They're probably both going to advance out of that group. However, that's going to be a good game that you're going to want to watch if you're into that type of thing, Belgium and England. That'll probably be the, that's probably actually the best matchup that I see out of any of these groups. So, Group H, the last but not least, Japan and Senegal both won 2-1, to one, so they're a leg up in their groups. Um, that's probably actually going to be the most competitive group because none of those teams are in the top five or the bottom five. So, um, so that's going to be one to keep your eye or I'm sorry, the top six and the bottom six. So that's going to be one to keep your eye on. One uh, of the next games you ask so you can watch them, it's all spread out. Uh, Russia doesn't play again until like next Monday, which is crazy because that's, that's a long time to go between games. Um, but action resumes Wednesday in all groups. Uh, Brazil, Spain, France, Germany. Whoa. Yeah, I wrote that down way wrong. Uh, these are the top five teams. Action resumes tomorrow in all groups, which is today. The top five teams uh, in the tournament, as far as the betting odds go, are Brazil, Spain, France, Germany, and Belgium. They round out the top five, the bottom five in this order. Saudi Arabia, Panama, Egypt, Costa Rica, and Morocco. Don't expect much out of Costa Rica. And actually, that says a little something for Serbia because they barely beat them one to nothing. So don't, don't expect too much out of Serbia. Don't get on that bandwagon. And uh, don't ride the wave there. Don't go. Don't be go picking a dark horse for them. I am going to pick Belgium as my winner because I love waffles, and they are in the top five. They have a good uh, group, so if they could survive their group and get into the tournament, they're going to be battle tested. And they're going to be ready to go. And I look for them. They're a bit of a dark horse as a, as an overall winner, but I still like Belgium to be my winner. I'm going out on a limb. I'm taking the waffles. Good to go there. My dark horse is the hometown favorite, Russia. Um, Alex, for Alex Ovechkin's safety, maybe that's not a good thing, but I got to go with the hometown favorite. I'm taking Russia to win it. Also, I have a question. Is Freddie Deuce, Deuce still alive? Whatever happened to that guy? I thought we were supposed to win multiple World Cups and championships and dominate the soccer world with a soccer prodigy like Freddie Adu. So somebody give me an update on that. Call me. Whatever you got to do, call into the show. We might even add that feature. I'll tell you about it later. Let's get into the final uh, segment here. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna bring you the Madden ratings. Then I'm gonna talk some shit about football that I think you're gonna want to know. Just two little storylines from NFL minicamps around the league. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. I love that 70s funk. Oh, yeah. All right. Time to talk about some Madden ratings. All right. And thank you for coming back and listening to a word from our sponsor. You know what? I forgot to mention that I wanted to talk about Justify being back in the saddle. Um, I have a note right here, and I feel like Justify stacks up against any horse that's ever ran, considering that he is one of two undefeated horses to ever win the Triple Crown next to Seattle Slough. Uh, so we're talking about, I mean, we're witnessing greatness right here. We're witnessing history. We're all a part of it. Uh, Justify stole our hearts and our imaginations. Well, he's back in the saddle again, and he's getting ready to race. He's either going to race at the Haskell Invitational or the Whitney Stakes. $1 million purses, so <clears throat> you can count on him being there for sure. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep his undefeated streak alive. He's going to race till the end of the year, and then he's going to go to stud. Man, that horse is going to get tons of pussy. That's almost a given. Um, so... Now, what I said that we were going to talk about, the Madden ratings are out. There is 399s, okay? And that's the highest rating that you can get. Think about it for a second and pick three names, okay? But I'm not going to read you those names right away. I'm going to read you the top running back, which is Le'Veon Bell at 93. Gronk is the top tight end at 92. Mac 
Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt are the best defensive ends at 96. Uh, Luke Keikley is the top linebacker at 97. Jalen Ramsey and Patrick Patterson, Jalen Ramsey 96, Patrick Patterson 93, are the best cornerbacks. And Eric Berry and Harrison Smith are the best safeties, 95 and 93, respectively. Now, hopefully you didn't have any of those guys in your 99s because the three 99s are Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown, and Aaron Donald. Those are like ho-hum, boring, like... Those are probably the best players in the NFL. Madden um, picked three 99s, and those are probably pretty solid 99s to pick. Um, some interesting ratings that they have. And I like to look at these ratings because I like to know what, what these players are projected to do. Right? So, surprises on this list, the two biggest surprises to me were Dak Prescott checking in at 80. Uh, and then Chucktown legend, All-American, uh, next in line to be the, the poster child of the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo, checks in at 80. And that seems like a very low rating uh, for somebody uh, that's got that much mojo and that much hype right now. So he's just two above Nick Foles at 78. So... Um, not a lot of love for Jimmy G. And you know what? I might even have to verify that because that doesn't even look right now that I'm reading it off the paper. So we might have to get a clarification on that one for the next show. Um, Saquon Barkley uh, is the next up there. He's the top rookie. He checks in at 80 also. So um, not, not, a big, not a big rating for him either, which is, is surprising. Now, if you listen to the intro, I told you to pick the Bears' top player. Who Madden rated as the Bears' best player on the team in the franchise? And if you pick the name, hopefully you didn't cheat because this one is going to surprise you. But this is a guy that didn't even start at the beginning of the season last year. And he came on a little bit towards the end. And I don't even think he's the best safety on the team. Adrian Amos is an 88. He's the highest rated Bears player. Um, so they lose a little credibility there with me. So, um, but Adrian Amos is your top rated player at 88. Akeem Hicks and Allen Robinson both check in at 86 and the team, uh, for the bears is an overall team rating of 75. We're bears fans around here. Well, two of the three guys are bears fans. So I figured I would give you the bears. Um, maybe I'll come back and give you the lions because that's my guy Grizzly D. That's his team. Uh, we'll give you the Lions on the next show when Grizzly D is in the house. But two little tidbits that I want to bring from NFL minicamps, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up. Uh, Andrew Luck threw a pass. So that's very good for the Indianapolis Colts. Something to look forward to for that franchise because it's pretty ugly when Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck are not throwing their footballs for them. Um, so he looks like he is gearing up to throw more passes in training camp, which starts next month, which is good. And then a concern uh, for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, who's taken over for Alex Smith, struggled his ass off. He's the franchise guy. They got a lot of stock in him. They need him to be good. He struggled his ass off in his, in his second minicamp. Um, Andy Reid said he's not concerned, which is bullshit. Uh, he's panicked as fuck, and uh, he misses his security blanket, Alex Smith, because the same thing that I know about Andy Reid is he it, plays small ball. He plays the old, like if I could steal a line from my guy, Caliban Curtis. Uh, he plays the old prevent offense. So um, he is the guy that just tries to not turn the ball over and then just run the clock out, and hopefully somehow – he scored some points by accident and wins the game three to nothing. Patrick Mahomes scares the shit out of Andy Reid. I know he does, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he does this year because he is one of the up and coming young quarterbacks, and he's more, he seems like he's more of a playmaker than Alex Smith. Alex Smith is the game manager. Patrick Mahomes looks like he's got the bigger arm, but um, you know those those those. Big 12 quarterbacks, they throw for 5,000 yards a season, uh, but they're also system guys too. So is he going to be able to translate that to the NFL? I'm interested to see what happens there. 
That's all I have for you today. Um, there's a lot in there. Um, tune in to the next show we are going to have for you. Um, more College World Series updates. Definitely. Definitely have a World Cup update. We're definitely going to talk some more baseball. We'll have some fantasy stats for you. My guy Grizzly D is all over that. Sharkhead will probably have some good baseball nuggets in there for you. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, house Money Sports Podcast pod, at podcast underscore house. Um, follow the House Money Sports blog uh, that's out there. We've got the website up and running. So check us out there. Subscribe to us there. Go to iTunes and subscribe to us. Player.fm, subscribe to us. We're going to be on Spotify uh, here pretty soon. So check us out there. Um, and yeah. Uh, look us up on the internet, man. Subscribe to us. Any support's good. Let me know if we suck. Let me know. Let me know if it's the greatest thing you've ever heard in your life and you have, you know, multiple orgasms. Uh, when you listen to the sweet, soothing sound of the Wolfman J. Um, what else? I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, call me. 815-200-5741 if there's anything that you want to talk about. We'll bring it up on the show. You can send me a text message. Um, there you go. There's your VIP service. Uh, we should be back um, Saturday or Sunday. We'll recap the, NF the, uh, the NBA draft. And uh, we'll bring you the Detroit Lions uh, Madden rating. That should be fun. So come back. We'll see you guys next time. It's been real. But out. Uh...